0: Life Center, how we doing? You can be seated in church today. There we go. Who's glad to be here? Yeah. We are starting a new series today that I'm pumped about, and it's going to start off a little bit unorthodox, so just bear with us. We're going to get somewhere. I promise you, we're going to tell you what Jesus can do for your life Uh, But it's going to be a little bit fun first. This is Family Feud. Who's ever seen Family Feud? Every day. We're not going to fight. And no, I am not Steve Harvey. I know that may come as a shock to many of you. I'm not him. For the next three weeks, we're going to talk about the questions that you answered in that survey. Some of you participated. A lot of you did not. Uh, You can still participate this week. Ignore the first question because we're going to cover it today, but we have two more questions that are in your inbox. If you want to get in on this, you can answer those questions, and your your opinions and your problems will be reflected next week. So you get direct input on what happens next Sunday. How is that? That's pretty cool, right? So we're going to talk about this stuff. I hope you participated, and if you didn't, you can do this. So what we're going to do right now, I need help from two people, and I have pre-selected these people, and they're going to help me. And I don't even, I see one of them in here. I'm waiting on the other one. He's right there. So, would Ross and Pastor Jason please come help me? Come on. We have two very aggressive alpha males up here right now, and it's going to be fun for a minute. This is the <laughs> Okay, now this is going to be different than the, what, than the version you see on TV. We're going to answer all six questions up here if we can, okay? But we do only get three strikes because I don't want to take all day, and then I will share the rest of the answers if you guys don't get them. The question for this week is, what does your family do that absolutely drives you crazy? Who was first? Ross. <laughs> chew with their mouth open chew with their mouth open is it up there oh, there it is. was that yours is that what you submitted did you vote okay okay all right we have no we have no strikes so jason what do you say
1: They don't clean up after
0: themselves. (laughs) 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 I will give whichever one of you gets the most answers right a $5 gift card to Duncan. How's that? (laughs) So what do you say? What, What else is up there? Five more. Argue or fight. Argue or fighting. Argue. That's a good one. Is that up there? Yeah. No. Complain? Oh. <laughs> 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 yeah, the answers are right there. Don't look at them. Yeah. You could have been cheating. You're honest. <laughs> 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 oh, okay. Um, they don't appreciate.
1: You. They don't appreciate you. Lack of appreciation. Lack of
0: appreciation. So they might be critical. Sure. Okay. <laughs> With the assist, Ross, what do you got? Three more. We only have one strike. Laziness, is that up there? Yeah. <laughs> Alright, come on. Three more. I think people weren't. One more strike. Oh, they were honest. <laughs> I've got the whole list right here. They were honest. Uh, something your family does drive you crazy. Uh, they embarrass you in public. Is that up there? Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> So what's number two? They leave dishes. It's specific. That's specific. Number three. Always on their phone. That was yours? Okay. Number five. They hog the remote. Alright. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Give them a hand. Now they're gonna hug it out, and that was beautiful, right? What is one thing that your family does that drives you crazy? Here's the list of what we got. So, slow response to my text messages. They complain. They're always putting me in group texts. (laughs) Who hates group texts? A lot of hands. They leave dirty dishes on the table when they're finished with dinner, they walk slowly. They don't clean up after themselves. They're late. They're indecisive. They isolate themselves. They eat without me. They hog the remote. They leave lights on. They lecture me. They disagree with me. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. They talk, <laughs> they talk loudly in public. Their faces, I mean, I, we, we had always on phone. The specific words were their face is always in their phone. <laughs> face always in their phone. They repeat themselves over and over. They're ungrateful. They leave shoes at the front door. They talk too loudly. Grandparents tell parents how to raise kids. There might be some wisdom there. Complaining about money. Talk over each other. They don't replace the toilet paper roll. That could be a problem. And they make plans for me. All these things that your family does that that makes you crazy, that's just what happens. So we have all this stuff that gets on our nerves, and when things get on your nerves, sometimes they can compound over and over and they get to the point where they drive you crazy. And here's what's tricky about this stuff. Yes, this was fun. It was awesome. I love this. We'll do it again next week. So if you haven't voted, go vote and we'll, we'll alter the polls that we already have. So um, the, the tricky thing about this stuff is it builds. And we heard last, last week, Pastor Jason courageously spoke about anger. It was amazing courageously spoke about anger and that God's word tells us that we that we can be angry but we can't allow anger and we can't allow circumstances to cause us to sin we can't let our frustrations and the things that drive us crazy drive us crazy to the point where it causes us to sin because sin brings death right So as we experience these irritants happening over and over, our patience begins to get less and less. Our patience with with our family wanes. So we become irritable and we're less tolerant and we kind of get tired of or done with the person or the people that are really irritating us. And at this point, we have some options. The first one is we can continue ignoring what's going on and we can just kind of internalize it and stew on it. And eventually what's going to happen is we're going to explode was ever exploded because you didn't deal with something and it built and it built and it built and it built and, it built. and, and, and your family is wondering why in the world they got no idea why mom just lost her mind because you left a bowl on the table. <laughs> You're like, mom, it's just a bowl. It's one bowl and one spoon with a little bit of sugar milk residue in the bottom. It's not a big deal. But that one bowl is the straw that broke the proverbial camel's back and the floodgates opened, the dam broke, and mom went nuts. Or maybe they don't know why dad completely flipped out and and started kicking stuff over because you didn't take the trash out. Well, that trash was the thing that finally sent him over the edge because of all the other things you had done because dad didn't deal with it and mom didn't deal with those things earlier. The second thing is we can become a snarky critic. Don't point fingers. (laughs) What I'm about to say, do not point fingers because it's just going to set us up for other problems internalize this we can become a snarky critic you sound like a cow when you chew with your mouth open that made it all better (laughs) you just fixed the problem no you just created another problem because a they didn't know they were offensive but b now you got to deal with what you said because they're angry at you that's not the way to handle that or you sound like a cow chewing with your mouth open and then you pause after you get the look and say just kidding No, you weren't. No, you weren't. Who has that? You can raise your hands now. Who has that relative or friend? Somebody else scared to raise your hands. They say something mean or insensitive that feels real. It's directed at you. It bites. But then they end it with, I'm just kidding, after you get mad. You're like, what? I was just kidding. No, you weren't. Because from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We say what we feel. We say what we think. They weren't kidding. They just want to have an excuse not to deal with the fallout of the hurt their comment caused. If you're that person, please stop. <laughs> so the third option is we could look for a good, a peaceful, and equitable solution, and I like this one. And I can, I, I can tell what some of us are thinking. I just need to get that fixed about them. If they would just stop chewing with their mouth open, if they would just stop leaving dishes, if they would just stop complaining or being critical, and and if I could just get that fixed. Well, here's where you might be disappointed. Oh, I got quiet. This, is, this series is all about... It's not about how to get the people around you fixed. It's about how to get you better. It's about how to get me better. It's not about how do I subliminally... Uh, convince this person not to chew with their mouth open. I'm going to say that because that's, that's, that's my, one of my biggest pet peeves in the world. Is I, I promise you, if you want to tell me something, I can wait the 10 seconds it takes for you to chew your food and swallow it. I promise I will wait. I do have a short attention span, but I'm not going to go anywhere. I will wait for you to finish so you can speak to me without making me sick. So, but it's not about fixing you. It's about fixing me. So sorry about that. As with everything we do here, it's about getting ourselves right because we need to be the change that we want to see. As Michael Jackson said, I'm starting with the man in the mirror. Why? Because Romans 12, 18 says this. If it is possible, you've heard this before. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, not on the person that is offending you, not on the person that's irritating you, as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Even if they get on your nerves. Hebrews 12 says, follow peace with all men. That's a universal word, men. It's everybody. Follow peace with everyone and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. That's talking about our mindset and our lifestyle. So follow peace with all men. As it depends on me, my peace depends on me. My peace depends on my relationship with God. And how I respond to what's going on around me completely depends on my relationship with God. Because everything that we're going to bring you from this place, from this word, from this Bible, it is all dependent on my relationship with God. Because without that, I can't do these things. Without that, without him living inside of me, there is no fruit of the Spirit because it doesn't exist. Because I can't manufacture that. I might be able to put it on display for a minute, but I can't live with those things always present in my life. Everything that I'm going to talk about depends on God being active in your life. Yes, there are irritating and dem- even demoralizing things in this world. And yes, we can become angry. We can become stressed out. We can become disillusioned. But my peace doesn't rise and doesn't fall as a result of some of the things that I listed earlier. My peace isn't dependent on if somebody chews with their mouth open. My peace isn't dependent on if somebody leaves a toilet seat up or doesn't replace the toilet paper, or doesn't take out the trash, or doesn't pick up a bowl. My peace of mind and the peace of God in my life doesn't depend on those things. Family feud, above all, my home, my house, the place that I'm responsible for should be a place of Peace. If your home isn't a place of peace, you should do whatever you have to do to get it that way. My home should be a refuge from the craziness that is this world. My home should be a refuge from the craziness of the world that has lost its mind. From the hate that is being permeated everywhere we go, my home should be filled with love and peace. My home should be my safe, my happy and my comfy place. My home should be the place that I most want to be. That's, th- those are goals. That my home should be the place that I want to be more than any place in this world. My home should be the place that my kids want to be more than any place in this world. My home should be the place that my wife wants to be more than any place in this world. That's the goal of, of, of my mindset is I want my home to be a place of peace and a place of love. And sadly, many homes are the exact opposite of those things. Moms and dads are at odds all the time, fighting, bickering. Kids avoid parents. Kids are disrespectful. And we say, oh, the kids, the kids, the kids, the kids. The kids are a direct result of what has been put into them or not put into them so we can blame kids all we want but really what we should do is backtrack and blame mom and dad I'm sorry moms and dads (laughs) but that's just how it is the kids are a product of what you have taught them or didn't teach them some parents have have no clue what their kids are doing where they are what's going on in their life or maybe they know and they're just too intimidated to deal with it because they don't know what's going to happen if they do parents we're given the responsibility of training our kids training them the bible says train up a child in the way they should go and when they're old they won't depart from that it will come they may deviate but that is always going to be there in their mind and in their heart train them not let them go their own way Disney says, i got to go my own way. As a kid, no, you don't have to go your own way. It's your mom's and dad's responsibility to train you and to help you and to, to help you get where you're trying to go, not just let you go your own way because you have ideas and energy and all these things, but you also don't have the wisdom to deal with all the things that are happening in your life. And hopefully mom and dad do, and they can help you and help direct you and guide you. And mom and dad, that may make you unpopular at times. You may have to be the bad guy for a minute, and that's okay. Because you may actually be saving your kid's life. That's a trade I'll take. All day. Every day. All day. Every day. But people drive each other crazy. Homes are a mess. And that's not what God intended for us to have. Or He intended for us to be. We we need peace. And we need love in our home. and, And please make it a priority. Beginning today. Family feud, it's a joke. It's fun, whatever. But please make peace and love in your home a priority today. Jesus said this in Matthew five. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Not the fighters, not the quarrelers, not the indignant. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Some of us like to argue. Who likes to argue? <laughs> I have one brave soul raise their hand. I know more of y'all like to argue because y'all friends said you have an I am. But I know a lot of, more of us like to argue. We like a good fight and, and we get what we want when we when we provoke our partners into an argument and we provoke them into a little sparring match for a few minutes and, and whatever. But the problem is with that is that you're sacrificing the peace of your home to have it your way. To have a few minutes of enjoyment to have a fight or to have an argument or to just mentally spar or verbally spar for a few minutes. Pursue peace. Pursue peace. Does it it really matter if someone leaves the toilet seat up? Does it really matter if someone doesn't close the door? Does it really matter if they leave a cabinet door open? Does it really matter if somebody chews their mouth open? It's disgusting, but no, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Here's here's what I do. If I know I'm going to be eating with someone that does that, (laughs) I will turn some music on. I will turn the TV up. I will do something where there's more noise in the room than they're smacking. And then while they're talking, I don't look them in the face. That's a coping mechanism for me to maintain my Holy Ghost. Because then I can still display the fruit of the Spirit. They can still love me, and we can still... The whole thing. It's just a, it's just a way that... Because in, in the big scheme... Their eating habits is not a big deal. But the way I act is. The words that I use are, I have to make sure that I am being who God has called me to be and who he's created me to be and maintain that the, I have to make sure that I'm exhibiting self-control no matter what. So find a way to cope in situations with negative comments or sloppy living in general. These things can, can be detrimental and have a conversation, but have it the right way. It's okay to talk about things. I've had to learn this to want to ask me a question yesterday. And, and when we started dating, I was super quiet. I'm shy. I'm an introvert. I don't like being in public, like large crowds. I don't like speaking in front of people. It's, it's, it's just the truth about who I am. And this, this, when I, like, this was miserable for me. Miserable. God has done amazing things in my life to get me right here. And that's just, I am an introvert and I'm extremely shy and I hate meeting new people. I just do. And she asked me a question yesterday. I haven't heard much recently, but when we first started dating, we'd be driving down the road. I'm all in my own little world. I'm happy. And she's like, What you thinking? And I'm like, So I would tell her what I was thinking. And then a little while later, What you thinking? Because she talks, and she's free with whatever's in her mind. I am going to know about, you know, when, when she gets mad, she's like a comment. And it's done. And then it's over. And then she'll forget about it. I'm not like that. I, I'm slow to build the anger, but when I get mad, it takes a minute. And I don't want to talk about it right then. I've got I to gotta stew, and I've, I've got to process it, and I've got to decompress, and, and then I'll, I'll be okay to talk about it. So we're just very different that way. But we're driving on the road. What are you thinking? And I would answer, a little while there, what you thinking? I would answer. And then she didn't have to ask anymore. She trained me like a good puppy dog. And, and I would just tell her what was on my mind. I would tell her what I was thinking, what I was feeling. Well, yesterday we're driving down the road. What you thinking? It's okay to talk about things. It's okay to let somebody know what you're thinking. Ephesians 4 says this. Instead, speaking the truth, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. This passage is talking about spiritual maturity and speaking the truth in love. So when somebody, I'm going to keep using this over and over and over. When somebody's chewing with their mouth open, you don't say, oh, you are of a cow. If you live with that person and they're really offending you when you're not eating, when you're not eating, and when the moment is, is right and they are open to receive something like that... Could you work on this, or or could you help me with this? There are ways to talk about things. Speak the truth lovingly, not confrontationally. Some of us need to work on this. Speak the truth in love, not confrontationally. Spiritual maturity, it takes a mature person to have a conversation and to receive a conversation about what we're doing that negatively affects others. Notice I didn't say bad or wrong, It's just that it may be behavior that negatively affects somebody else. It's not time to justify your behavior or to let them know how angry they make you or how disgusting their behavior is. I saw something this week that said, this is how I apologize. So this is this person saying, this is how I apologize to people. I'm sorry that your terrible behavior made me act out of character. (laughs) You need to work on that. So this is their apology. I'm sorry that your behavior made me act out of character. Please work on that. That's not an apology. That is an accusation. And you're about to have a fight, which is going to cause more fallout, and your relationship is going to suffer because of that. It's funny, but it also shows how we feel much of the time when people are doing things that cause us to be frustrated, and then we act a certain way, we want to blame them for our actions. We want to blame their behavior for how we responded, and it's nothing new. Let's look way back at the first man, at the first man. His name is Adam. In in Genesis, when when God put Adam in the garden and he created Eve from Adam's rib and they were living there and and God said, there's only one thing you can't do, you can't eat of this tree. When you do, you're going to die. So the serpent came, he tempted Eve and and what did she do? She ate. And then she went to Adam and he didn't stand a chance. What did he do? Mm -hmm. He had some too. So then God comes to the garden and it's the first time in their recorded history that, that when God came to the garden, Adam wasn't right there. Because God came and walked with Adam every single day. And when God came to the garden on this day, he, he obviously knew where Adam was, but he didn't, Adam wasn't right there. He's like, Adam, where are you, dude? It's time for our walk. He's like, I'm in the bushes. Why? Because I'm naked. Adam, how do you know you're naked? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Something's wrong. God knew what Adam had done. And in Genesis 3.12, listen to this. The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit of the tree and I ate it. That's two degrees of deflection. (laughs) Two degrees of justification from Adam. He said that to God. To God. She made me do it. But God, really, it's your fault because you put her here. So our behavior is nothing new. It's thousands and thousands and thousands of years old. When something happens and we, we react in the wrong way, it's Adam did it. So that behavior has been ingrained in the human race for thousands of years, and it's nothing new for us, but it's something we have to overcome because it's not right. We can't blame someone else because we, we reacted wrongly to something or to someone. Talk about Mr. Teflon. Man, nothing sticks to Adam. He's going to blame Eve, and he's going to really blame God because he put Eve in the garden. Come on, Adam. The easy thing to do is assign blame or responsibility to somebody else. It's more diffi- difficult to control ourselves or take responsibility when we do behave badly. Listen to this from Romans. Romans 5, 12 said this, therefore, just as sin sin entered the world through one man. Where's Eve? Sin entered the world through one man and death through sin. And in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. So Adam bears ultimate responsibility. I wonder what would have happened if Adam said, no, Eve, I can't do this. This is what God told us not to do. I've I've got to take a stand. I can't do this. What would have happened if if that had been the case? We'll never know. Maybe God would have still said, Adam, what's up? Where's Eve? I don't know how that that exchange would have gone down. If it had been different, we will never know. But notice that God didn't enter the garden and say, Eve, where are you? I know you did this first. He didn't do that. He called for Adam. Why? Why? because god gave adam dominion over everything he was responsible he was the head he was the boss that's where the buck stopped was with adam and that's not politically correct but that's just the way it is that's the way it was god said adam he god didn't say eve look what you made him do he wasn't taylor swift So I do have teenagers, and and obviously I hear songs, and I hear music, and I'm like, Taylor, this, because I know some of these songs have some really horrific lyrics and, and subject lines, and I'm like, Taylor, is this a bad song? Are there bad words in this song? She's like, no, I don't think so. I was like, oh, I can use it, okay. But she sings this song, Look What You Made Me Do. It's a whole song based on blaming somebody, good or bad, for something in her life. So it wasn't like that. God didn't say, Eve, look what you made him do. Why? Adam was first. He was responsible. We can't blame someone else for our actions, for our sin, or the consequences of it. We're responsible for our actions, and we're responsible for our reactions and responses. And even as the offended, even as the offended, as the ones being driven crazy, we're the responsible party for how things are handled. So handle them with care. As it depends on you, follow peace. As it depends on you, create peace. As it depends on you, pursue peace. It takes two people to argue unless you're schizophrenic. <laughs> it takes two people to fight. Somebody can, I mean, You have to rise up and take the bait. You have to rise up and respond to that. You, sometimes it may take a lot of Jesus. It may take a lot of the fruit of the Spirit. But you can, with God's power and with God's help, not rise and take that bait and pursue peace. You can refuse to fight and wait to have a normal conversation and pursue peace. You can choose not to get down in the mud and call names because the person who leaves the cabinet door open, the person who is complaining or is critical or won't put their dishes away, they are made in their God's image. They are God's creation. Are they irritating you? Yes. It doesn't matter why, but they are God's image and you telling them that they're stupid is not going to help. You calling them an idiot is not going to help. As it depends on you, follow peace. As a matter of fact, in Matthew 5, Jesus goes even further When Jesus, we read earlier that blessed are the peacemakers, they will be called the children of God. Then verses 22 to 24, he says this. I like this, this version of this. You're familiar with the command of the ancients, do not murder. I'm telling you that anyone who is so much as angry with a brother or sister is guilty of murder. Carelessly call a brother idiot. Hello. Carelessly call a brother idiot and you just might find yourself hauled into court. Thoughtlessly yell stupid. I know nobody ever calls people idiot or stupid. I told you stories about my kids when they're two years old in the car seat saying, idiot. Where'd they hear that? Thoughtlessly yell stupid at a sister and you're on the brink of hellfire. The simple moral fact is that words kill. This is how I want you to conduct yourself in these matters. If you enter a place of worship and are about to make an offering, you suddenly remember that a grudge a friend has against you, abandon your offering. This is serious. Abandon your offering, leave immediately. Go to this friend and make things right. Then and only then come back and work things out with God. That's heavy. If I have a problem with you, it's my responsibility to come to you and take care of that. But what this scripture says, if I know you have a problem with me, it's my responsibility to go to you and work that out and then come back and have my conversation with God. This is, this, this is, not, some, this is not John or Paul or Matthew. This is Jesus. This is Jesus talking. He's saying make peace, pursue peace, Make things right and then come to me. Then work things out with me. Take care of your home. Take care of your relationships because they matter. Parents, what you're teaching your kids at two, three, four, and five, that's, what, that, that's when it really gets in there. The principles you're putting in place, the practices you're putting in place, those are the ones that are gonna stick. Take care of your home. Take care of your relationships. Contention in your home can prevent you from being where you need to be with God. Follow peace with all men. That's everybody husbands, wives, children, stepchildren, parents, stepparents. It's everybody. Follow peace with all men, siblings, as far as it depends on you. Pursue peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. Speak the truth in love. And no, you can't say, you're really annoying. I'm trying to tell you because I love you. That's not the way to deal with that. You're making things worse with those kinds of inflammatory accusations. Taylor found a shirt on vacation, and it's something I've said to her, I've said to Tristan, and it says, suck it up, buttercup. She's like, Dad, I like this shirt, I want to buy it. I'm like, cool. (laughs) Sometimes when there's an irritant around us, when somebody is really kind of working on our last nerve, we just simply have to suck it up. We just simply have to deal with things sometimes because... Maybe, maybe we're just, maybe we're oversensitive. Maybe it's just something that gets on our nerves and they have no clue and they're oblivious and we said something that wrecked their world. That's when you, as a responsible person, have to say, God, help me get through this. Help me deal with this. And just suck it up, buttercup. And then look for peaceful resolution at a time. Above all, my home should be a refuge and a place of peace. It should be a safe place from this crazy world. My home should be happy. It should be comfy. And it should be the place I want to be. Romans 12 again says, If it's possible, as far as you are concerned, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. One, more, one last thing. More words from Jesus. And we hear frequently around here, You may say you can't do this. You may say this is too much. This, this isn't what God intends for church. No, this really is. Jesus spent a lot of a whole chapter talking about this, so I think it's pretty important that we follow peace. Why? Because we're the image bearers of God. We are the image bearers of Jesus Christ, and we are the Jesus that the world sees. And if we're constantly irritated, and if there's contention and strife and anger and animosity in our home, what kind of model of Jesus is that? We have to start with ourselves and start in our home. You can't say... You can't do this. You can't say it's too hard. You can't say, "Well, that's just the way I am," or "I'm too old to change." No, you're not. It's not too hard. We all have our excuses. I mean, reasons, right? Well, there are reasons why I'm like this. Well, they have. They may be reasons, but they've turned into your excuses to justify what you want to do. Jesus said in John. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart because I've overcome the world. In this world, people will get on your nerves. They will find that one exposed. Some people just do it just to do it because they like to. They'll find that one thing that irritates you, there'll be this one coworker that finds one thing that irritates you and they will do it over and over and over again and just trying to make you break in this world you will find people like that in this world there will be disrespectful kids in this world there will be contentious arguments in your marriage in this world you will face all of these things but Jesus wants to give us peace through that and giving us peace through that creates peace in our home Peace in me creates peace in my family. Take heart. I have overcome the world. You're right. You you cannot do this by yourself. You may say, I can't do this. You're right. You you can't. But I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I told you at at the beginning. What we're talking about the next three weeks may seem frivolous. It may seem silly to have this whole game thing up here, but you know what? It's going to stick in your minds because we had Pastor Jason Ross up here doing this game show. It's going to stick in your minds, and you're going to carry this away with you, and you're going to know I have to pursue peace. Even if something's driving me crazy, I've got to pursue peace because I'm Jesus to somebody. Somebody's watching me. If I know it or not, somebody's watching me for how I respond and how I react in every situation. and I've got to make sure I am who God has called me to be. Take heart. I've overcome the world. You can't do it without him, but with him, you can do all things. All things are possible. Jesus just overcame any excuse, in parentheses, reason. That you may have to justify your behavior. Through him we can. Through him we can. We need Jesus. That's the bottom line. We need Jesus. Everybody in this room needs Jesus. Everybody you know needs Jesus. And how are we going to show people that we're going to pursue peace? We're going to pursue peace in the face of adversity, in the face of irritants, in the face of all those things, in the face of whatever drives us crazy. We're going to pursue peace it may be tough. We may have to grit our teeth and say, dear God, help me get through this. I've done that. Who's done that? Yeah. Help me do this and not lose my mind. Help me do this, and not lose my temper. Help me do this and maintain my composure so I don't look like a fool. Through him, we can do this. Family feud. There's no reason we have to have contention in our homes. There's no reason we have to fight and bicker and have all this animosity and stuff. There's no reason any of that has to happen. If we're pursuing Jesus, if we're teaching Jesus, if we're, if we're displaying Jesus to our family and, and to everybody who knows us, there's no reason why this stuff has to happen. We don't have to feud. We don't have to fight. We don't have to be driven crazy or to the brink of losing our minds because somebody's doing something. If we truly have peace... And if we're truly showing for the Spirit, those things are going to matter less to us. I promise. I promise it will. God's helped me with the stuff that drives me crazy. I can even look at some people in the eye while they chew their mouth open now. God's helped me. It works. It works. Who can right now think of something in your home that somebody in your family does that makes you just want to bite a nail in half? Who will be honest? Two, three, four, five, six. Come on, raise them up high. Be proud. You have people in your house that drives you crazy. See? No one is exempt from this stuff. Nobody. You know why? Because no one's perfect. And guess what? No one will ever be perfect. And it's not your job it's not your responsibility, nor is it anything that you have the ability to do, you can't fix them. You can't change their behavior just because it gets on your nerves. You can mention something and if, if, if they're if they amicable, about, amicable about it and they want to change things, they can. But if they don't want to change it, you can't change them. But you know what you can control? how you react, and how you respond. See, in life, sometimes, many times, a lot of the time, we can't control what happens to us. All we can control is our response or our reaction to it. So what we have to do is pray for strength. As it depends on me, I'm going to pursue peace. As it depends on me, God, help me react in the proper way. As it depends on me, Father, help me treat them with the dignity and respect that you want me to because they're created in your image just like I am. And they have feelings just like I do. And I may do things that drive them just as crazy as the thing that they're doing that drives me crazy. Think about that. You may be the thing that's driving somebody crazy. So to that end, I would ask you to pray this. God, if somebody approaches me with something and this is tough, if somebody in my family or a friend of mine comes to me and says, you know, you do this thing. <laughs> the first thing you want to do is like, "What? That's not a big deal. How can you get mad about that? How can that irritate you? Well, that's just stupid." None of us have ever reacted that way, I'm sure. First way I want you to pray is, "God help me be tolerant." Help me show your love, your grace, and your mercy like you've shown it to me. What does the Bible say about giving grace? Give, and it will be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall people give you grace? Help me give the grace that you've given to me. But God, when somebody comes to me with something that I'm driving them crazy about, help me handle it with grace. And not be easily offended and cause them another irritant and then have a grudge to carry against them. Help me have an open heart and a receptive mind. Two things, as it depends on me, I'm going to follow peace, but I'm not going to chew somebody up and spit them out if they come to me with something that I'm doing to them. Is that okay? Is that simple enough? I didn't say easy. I said, is that simple enough that we can say, I'm going to pursue peace, that there are going to be things that irritate me, but I'm going to keep myself centered in my faith. I'm going to keep myself centered on the word of God. I'm going to keep myself centered in my relationship with Jesus to be more tolerant and more gracious. And when somebody comes to me, I'm going to be more tolerant and more gracious. No one ever said it'd be easy, but with him, all things are possible and when you leave here somebody may get on your nerves so bad but you, you know you can draw back on family feud as it depends on you follow peace as it depends on you pursue peace and create peace in your situation you can't fix everybody you can't control everybody but in your situation there's an old song my mother always used to sing. I know the peace speaker he can speak life into you He can speak peace into your situation. He said, in this world, I'm doing this so you can have peace. And he says, my peace. And that's an amazing promise. That's an amazing promise. As you pray this week, I see Jeff, Susan was here a minute ago. She was given news this week that she has uh, ovarian cancer and a tumor in her stomach that they're seeking treatment for and they don't know exactly where it's going to go or what's going to go on, but it's it's uh i believe it's advanced and they need prayer so jeff is here susan has stepped out so let me pray this week pray for jeff and susan pray for healing pray for healing jim just told me his aphid is gone gone just gone how's how's that different she just told me medicine that was going up 300% is going to be free. How is that different? How is that's just God stepping into a situation that we don't see hope in? So, so pray for Jeff. Pray for Susan. Pray for healing. Because he said, I'm God and I don't change. His same, very same power that was active in the New Testament is active right now. So pray like it was you. How's that? Pray like it was you. And pray for Jeff and pray for Susan this week. Amen. I pray you have a great week, a blessed week, a fantastic week. As it depends on you, pursue peace. Amen. God bless.